It's been an amazing week in the world of tech, and we're here to tell you all about it. So join us today as we discuss three major important stories that will redefine how you look at technology in Africa, basically. So now, number one, Africa's unicorn is making some major changes. And this time around, yeah, Africa's most valuable startup, Flutterwave, is making some major changes, and they're not in the news for good reason this time around. But... Are we being fed to them? So we're going to address that. And number two, Nigeria will soon have a record of every birth and death that happens. And number three, watch the end to find out about a company that is basically trying to build the WeChat of Africa. So, yeah, let's let's dive into this. Welcome, Bolu and Jingo Zerim. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm, I'm doing fine. I'm doing okay. Why are you saying that? We just, is it because crypto is going on? <laughs> yes. yes, yes. <laughs> Can you imagine? Uh, I mean, it's the day we've, pre- we've been praying for has mm. finally, finally come. Finally you come. have crypto. Come on. Of co- <laughs> I saw the signs. I mean, even if I didn't, mm. once I saw that sign, mm. like once I saw uh, after that, te- was it 35K that Bitcoin went to? Went. Once I saw that small jump, I mm. mean, you don't need anybody to do you don't even need to do any calculations soon that mm. the bulls are back. Interesting, interesting. So but yeah. Crypto rises and fall and startups also rise and fall. Oh, yes. And one of have they fallen? So but yeah, one of Africa's oldest streaming service, Iroko TV. Uh the founder of Iroko TV, Jason Njoku, wrote an article yesterday that said RIP Yoko TV with a question mark yeah. in case the intonation was not clear <laughs> enough. Yeah, so I, I find found that very, very interesting. So the article followed an article by Tech Cabal that showed how Iroko's numbers have been really, really terrible this year. So the question I'm asking is, is this the playbook that we've been asking for, for founders to tell their stories? Because the reception so far is so good. If you have not read the article, you should read it, by the way. It gives you a lot of context about how startup world operates. So there are a lot of discussions we can have. But number one, is this a playbook for storytelling? Number two, are you satisfied with everything he has said so far? I decided to bring the positive side first before any possible yeah, negative yeah. side. So because of Chingo's face. <laughs> so I think I think uh, am I satisfied with everything he has said? Why are you no? answering starting with that? No, okay, let's okay. start with is this the okay. playbook for founders <laughs> to tell their stories? I think it is. I think it is. And I also think that thing did two things for Iroko TV. So one thing is he took charge of the narrative with that article. Uh second thing is it's also it also became a form of um I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it really went outside the whole um, tech ecosystem to actually create publicity for this um, Iroko TV itself, and maybe people will be like, "Oh, what's this startup? Let me, you know, get on board." But I think in terms of taking charge of the narrative, it did that, and then um, for pu- publicity, it probably it probably generated some publicity for um, Iroko TV. Mm. You agree? So I, I don't know if it's if it's the playbook. So first, Jason is a media guy. Okay. Not, he's not a finance guy, so he understands how media works. Which means he has an advantage that maybe others um other founders don't have. Don't forget this guy's been writing for like what maybe since twenty ten on his blog and he's been pretty consistent about it. Um he has always shared his experience, he has always shared his thoughts. Yeah, I think um, he even had a subscription. Yeah, he still does. Yeah. Which I should probably go and buy. 
but I need sixty k so anybody that can help. But yes, <laughs> he has been doing this for a long time. This is not the first time he's writing about um, his experience. So I'm still not decided whether it's is a playbook, partially because a lot of founders don't want to do that. Um, but then we also have to think about the fact that people love personal brands. They may not love a company, but they love personal brands. So, um, like Bulu said, it has helped him take control of the narrative, um, set a few things straight. So, <clears throat> I mean, he made a few clarifications um, that were missing from the first article. And I was even having that conversation this morning with someone, and person was saying, um, this is actually what startup founders should do. Like I said, I'm undecided because what if a founder doesn't want to be on social media in the first place, right? So maybe it's not a playbook. Um, to, to the second question. Are you satisfied? Am I satisfied? Um, so I'm, I'm probably going to be a bit biased. So I admire Jason's um, pragmatism as a founder. Um, he is not one of those people that... It's very big on what you would often call um, vanity metrics. So my idea of a business is like the woman selling laptops at Computer Village. I, I get this at this cost and I sell it to you at X and the spread on it is my profit. That's the way I see business. So um, startups raising a lot of money, burning it on customer acquisition doesn't always... It drops me off the wrong way because I think it's not, it's not sustainable. Okay. So seeing someone who is focused on what he, so you started a business to provide services to your people. In a way, it's had an altruistic um, motive, and then along the line, you realize that as much as I want my, uh, I as much as I want content from my country or from my continent to be on a global scale, my guys cannot pay for it. And you start making plans to go to the people who can pay for it. That is like what any business person should do. Hmm. Although you can also decide to double down because I know him in that article he mentioned that he has always believed in Iroko even in the face of facts, which I'm assuming is referring to the fact that he has known for a very long time that the African market is not um, very, very ripe for streaming, which now brings me to another conversation okay can we stop there before <laughs> you enter another conversation so but this, this is just like so Bolu, do you have anything else to add new to add to what you just said or should we move so on? let's 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 move on let's i think on. i think it's a conversation we'll probably still come back to we'll probably yeah. come back to okay back so to. yeah i mean talking about owning narrative a company that has had a mixed bag in terms of narrative is flutter with flutter with is africa's most valuable company valued at three billion dollars it became a unicorn in march 2021 and we just heard that three finance executives have left the company amidst talk of an ipo and all of that so can you give us more details all right yeah so um like you said three finance executives have left the company after about 18 months of being at the company um one of them which i think is the most um the most highlighted person was the CFO. Um, his name is a bit <laughs> tricky to Bambani. pronounce. Bambani. Yeah. So, 
it came like you say it came um amid stocks of an IPO um if you watch the podca- podcast regularly you know that we talked about i mean flutterwave IPO probably talked about it like twice or probably even three times and then it was starting to look like okay are you guys <laughs> are you guys doing this thing or not what's the so but i think the the um what stuck out to me was okay these guys came in bambani and the other two guys right they came in together i think they came in with bambani so they came in at a time where um the old david undain stuff from last year um where flutterwave was they were battling allegations of you know bullying staff and you know other fraud related things like insider trading stuff like that you know they came in at that time and things the things were smoothing over was it bambani that did it probably and then the kenya issues came 45 million dollars frozen and then that died down as well the kenya government reduced their case against flutterwave and then we even saw that they gave them um what's this thing called uh first um first name first uh approval. approval yes first first name approval and flutterwave was like oh we're even going to invest 50 million dollars in kenya and then you know out of the blues these guys are now going right so mm-hmm. first thing that came to my mind was okay they brought them in to solve these problems which is kind of like maybe they were even like contract staff or something so solve these problems and you know they were done and they were leaving move on to new opportunities yes. but then you opened my eyes to another possibility um i think that was yesterday or was it before yesterday about um when david undain posted an update um um the issues he had with them last year and then we saw in those he shared some documents some sec documents that revealed that the flutterwave founders were actually on their investigation in 2017 by the us sec in 2017 and then interestingly the sec decided not to make they did the investigations on them but then they decided okay we're not taking any actions now right but don't think because they're not taking any actions now is because we didn't find anything or because they exonerated we just did not we are just deciding not to do anything now in the future we might decide to take actions against employees that was basically what you know the summary of the what the documents were saying right and then this happened around if you didn't share this thing which he said he was not going to share but i guess um uh big yeah, daddy <laughs> big daddy for season <laughs> 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 all right so that's in you by the way drive okay for those that don't know i think he had said something and david then he was like oh okay this now was keeping this before but <laughs> i'll bring it out now and then that happened around uh towards the end of october and then we are still in early november and those guys are exiting right so it's those two things right is it that they came to solve those problems for flutterwave and now that they are done they moved on they are moving on or is it that they saw there's something wrong and they're like okay i think I, i don't do my best let me start going because one of those employees you know was like they were actually still looking for opportunities so it was not as if there was something ready like okay i'm leaving flutterwave now moving on to other things one of those employees was like okay you see 
opportunities that are aligned with my expertise and things like that. And uh, please reach out to me. So it's not as if they were leaving and the next you had something yes, else lined I up. I mean for um employees of that caliber, right? Usually when they leave there's yes, there's always yes, they are always moving on to some it's not as if um I want to you know when young people or when um just regular employees say they are leaving and they don't have anything else, maybe they want to change careers or they want to go off on their own. I mean, but for someone who has been in finance for twenty years, I can't just say I'm quitting and I start looking for a job after that it's it's somehow. So um basically that is those are the issues, those are the theories hmm. and you can draw your own conclusions. <laughs> okay, so guys draw your own conclusions, eh? Yeah, but we've given you this two angles. Uh, do you have anything to add very quickly? Or we should move on. Okay, let's move on. Because <laughs> we are thinking too much about <laughs> this. I'm, no, I'm not thinking too much. I'm just wondering, um, you're not, um, if you're hiring a CFO, it's an important position that you typically make at a certain level because you want to either structure your finances properly or you're preparing for something. In um, Flutterweave's case, preparing for an IPO. So that's a good reason to hire a CFO. But why is a CFO leaving 18 months after with two other members? Mm. You're basically going with the same people he came with. Why is he leaving at the same time? Mm. Um, <coughs> so that's what I'll be what that's what I'll be thinking about. Why are they leaving so quickly without your IPO plans uh, being actualized, right? Mm. Um also how how much does that affect your IPO plans? Because you need to hire someone else, because, like they mentioned. And you've been saying, when is this IPO going to happen? So how many months does it add to the waiting time? Um, I don't think there's any link to the David Dundin article or um, review. Okay. Because I don't think someone with that much experience will make a hasty decision to leave. It's something that he has probably thought about yeah. um, very well before deciding to move. So is it that your priorities are no longer aligned with the company or you think there are some things that you're seeing that you can't fix or that you shouldn't even bother fixing because you may want to you may be able to fix it but you in getting in, in fixing it you get into more problems. So maybe don't even bother trying at all. Or um have you fallen out with the CEO? There are all possible, possible reasons, reasons for that. So okay, so we really don't have Again, I think I, I I agree with you guys and I think there's a balance to take on both sides, but my concern is the bigger picture. Why does everyone think Flutterwave wants an IPO? As have they actually said it themselves that they want to IPO? Mm-hmm. They've yes. They've they've made a lot of that you've said we yes. want to IPO. Yeah. Yes. Are you if sure? Yes, I am. I am I'm I think positive positive. I think G V spoke so to Bloomberg either this year or last year. Yeah. Saying okay. that they want to, he, he spoke to Bloomberg that they want to IPO, or yeah. Bloomberg alluded that they were going to IPO. So, f- um, I saw it another article where they spoke to a certain journalists and they said, like IPO plans are in the works, like it's in our, it's in the works. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's so something we are, th- yeah. So IPO looking to like it's imminent for any startup, right? Mm. IPO should be in the works. It's a major exit event. Mm. But we've been talking about IPO as if it's an immediate thing. So the reason why I'm asking this question right now is because I watched an interview that GB did with the banker 
It's a Financial Times publication. It's a video. Four minutes video. You can go and watch it. He says they are exploring options to invest in their business. Whether it's an IPO or another fundraising. So that's that's what I got from there. Then it does trigger to me like, why do we think that an IPO is imminent for Shorter Wave? It could be in the works. These things take years. I mean, so typically, an IPO what could be something. What if fundraising that is his target? It could be. But don't also forget he was seen with the, he was on this, likely the media round. I think it's a, the NGX thing. Yeah, the NGX thing. I don't think that one was the media round. As I think it as, was. Has he even rang the bell at Nasdaq? Did he ring the bell? I don't know. I wasn't following. I wasn't following that. I mean, every, almost how many founders have gone there to ring the bell? <laughs> no, yeah. Like thing. I think, I think part of that trip was also to like drum up support for Flutterweave. Yes, it's possible. So here's the thing too: for for Flutterweave, does it make sense to? We've been talking about this thing since last year. Does it even make sense to IPO? Just around the time when there are so many rumors around your name, mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense for you. So typically, IPOs would take al- around eighteen months before it's completed. Like you could set up plans for like eighteen months to two years. We've been hinting at IPO since twenty twenty one. It's over two years. No, now. okay, like that is for the media, yeah. like actual statements that yeah. came from Flutterweave. So I think that only started last year. Flag, or she hit somebody. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so guys, yeah, we've we've had all the talks, the questions on both sides. The finance executives are done with what they are doing and they moved on to something else. Did they fall out? Did something else happen? Was it part of the whole issue with the second investigation? Which of course on Flutter Waves part seems they're saying is a non issue. These are these are things that have been Martins, resolved. All of us are university. So we've moved on, right? So those those are the conversations that we need to be Having, please let us know what you think in the comment section. Now, this story is far removed from what we just talked about, Flutterweave, but also the next story rather is far removed from what we just talked about, but it's also very, very important. Nigeria is building a civil registry, and essentially that means a record of every birth and death that happens in Nigeria. It's a very, very, very important thing for so many reasons, and anybody wants to go? Well, okay, so... um Basically, um, instead of you, so in a few years, or possibly in a few years, people that used to lie on their birth certificates, uh, and you know a lot of For age, <laughs> a lot of other issues that we used to have, uh, it might become a lot more difficult because now Nigeria wants to store this information mm. digitally. That's another angle for headline. Why not be able to lie on your birth certificate again? Exactly. <laughs> All right. So um, they are calling it. It's it's a very interesting story, and I think uh, what 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 you said. I think this morning while we were having the meeting was um, putting. I can't remember how you put it, but basically, it's something that has been around for a very long time, right? And Nigeria is just doing it, right? Which is good. Yeah, well, I was basically asking how it ties in with NIN, for instance. How does it tie in with your BVN? Okay. How does it tie in with all the other plenty, plenty registrations? Okay. So let's let, let me just read out what what they actually call it. So they are calling it a civil registration and vital statistics system. So ECRVS, right? So it was actually part of the UN um, identity agenda, mm. right? So mm. to make 
to make the process of identifying people a lot more seamless, more digital, right? Because I mean, which is what WorldCoin also wanted to do, like <laughs> identifying yourself as is a problem, right? And now Nigeria wants, is putting this thing in the works. They have actually launched it. Uh, they launched it on uh, November eighth. Um, they are going to geospatial data res- res- re- repository. Repository. So I think it's good. I think it's a good thing. So it still doesn't answer how it ties in with NIN. So database. this this is how I think it it this thing will. Are we going to finally have a central database for Nigerians? I mean, that's what Cent- I think it it would look like is central. So mm-hmm. BVN, you don't use your BVN outside the financial system. Nobody is going to um, ask you for BVN when you're registering for, let's say, you're signing up on Glovo. Mm-hmm. Nobody asks for that. But NIN, let's say I want to sign up for another service um, that I'm trying to think of one now that requires me to verify my identity. They will ask me for my NIN. Nobody asks me for BVN. So we have BVN doing its own thing for finance. Then we now have NIN that is like um, often used as a substitute for BVN in some cases. Mm. Tier 1. Yeah, Tier 1 accounts and all of that. So I think the, the problem is none of them is all-encompassing. NIN is NIN. BVN is just finance primarily. Will this be all encompassing? Perhaps. I mean... Okay. <laughs> I, I, I mean, the, that's also the problem. We, we always don't know what their plan is. So there's this global plan that... I can't, re- I can't really remember if it's the UN or someone. So there's this... <laughs> why is my head laughing? Oh, God. <laughs> Sounds like yeah, I love it as if sounding like one world government. <laughs> <laughs> so one and um one identity some, to yeah. rule them all. <laughs> so something like you having instead of you having um an ID card, an ATM card, you have just one card, right? That can serve as your ID. Uh, uh, our check with the Christians <laughs> here. You <laughs> SDG is one of the UN exactly development. Yes. Uh, so Okay. I mean, maybe this is the step to creating something like that. So once we now have your, uh, once they give it to you, right? And then it's on a database. It's not be easy to carry that information well, uh, inside. What do you have to say? <laughs> 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 it's going to be a great thing, right? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and just to, just as an aside. It yeah. might it's not it's not going to make it um impossible, it's just mm. going to make it harder for you to lie. Because even in the US people forge SSS numbers and all of that. So it's so still it's going to happen. So ah, fair point, fair point. Let's see how but, but this but this now makes what what coin doing it now puts it into perspective. Mm. Right. Because was it out of perspective before? No. Why, really why, why are you scanning? <laughs> why are you scanning my iris, <laughs> man? my iris. Are you... Are you uh, so am I entering a top res- secret research facility? So, no, it's... it's simple. scanning my eyes. Although, to be fair, the Kenyan government now says that's what they want to do, too. It's actually very simple. That's, that's one of the... So, all these things were just rolling in my head. That's why I'm laughing. <laughs> it's actually very simple. So, scanning your iris, this thing, it makes... It makes, every, it makes sense, right? Depending on who is doing it and how well you can trust that... The, how you can trust what the person wants to do with that information. That's a key word. Right, so the thing is... There's nobody in this world that I'm going to trust with my iris scan. Nobody. No, iris nobody. scan does not nobody. mean anything, actually. It 
Your fingerprint, you can you trust government with your fingerprint? See, I don't trust them. I don't trust you, them. Either. You gave it to so them, or you do not give them. I just do it because it you, is a requirement. Yeah, we don't have any choice. Don't but have look, see, there. look at the worst case scenario. If someone wants to steal from me, mm. what they can do is chop off my thumb. I'll recover. Well, you scan my iris. You gouge out your you gouge eyes. out you my recover eyes. Too. Recover from where? Where will I see on the other eye? No, you will not uh, die. You will not die. Where they will hijack America, Kenya, they will not. But you won't die. Um, collect the red skin. What kind of existence is that? It's you not that. Oh, you that eye. You just like you're skimming now. It's not like you grew blind from a sickness. No, it's got gouged out. Come on, please. This is viewer discretion, please. <laughs> but honestly, it's. Let the I don't I don't think the conversation is about Iris. I'm not thinking it's about what coin me. I'm saying central database for Nigeria. It feels like, like how many times do we have to have or how many how many initiatives do we have to come up with to just to solve one problem? See, it's almost like we're always going round and round. You and you round do this registry and you also do an I and you yeah. still do BVN. It will not eliminate the need for those other things. You see, do uh, voters registration. So, for card. example, now, um, can I just can I just give my? Okay, can I do this you at birth? You see, do SIM card registration. I'm can sorry. I do this at birth, and then I want to get my driver's license renewed, and I'm like, okay, this is my identity, not me having. I don't know if you've seen this tweet where someone has like laminated um, files just for mm-hmm. just oh, to is. show that. His um, vehicle particulars are in order, right? Why do I need all of that? I'll not be carrying um, books around just for my car. Then for me to prove my identity as a Nigerian, I have the passport, I have NIN, um, I have the NIN number, I have that, I have BVN for my finances. Then I now have this one, whatever they decide to call it. Sorry. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Like I have all Voter these things. Voters registration. And then school ID, work ID. Okay, no, work ID is not our problem. School ID is not our problem. But on the national scale, how many how many of these? Uh, so the thing is, it's 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 okay. So I thought NIN was going to be that with the way they pushed everybody to go and connect their SIM cards mm-hmm. last year. I thought NIN was going to be that central database for everybody. Imagine building that debt and bet record on top of that NIN database. Rather than going to create something Link new. it to my BVN. Link NIN to the BVN. Link mm. NIN to anything. So if I have an NIN, I can do whatever I need to do. But the issue with... Okay, I wouldn't link it to BVN because of security reasons. Yeah, nine mm. securities infrastructure so far so good. I have it on good authority. Okay. That is terrible. Well, yes. So yes. security but reasons. But if they can fix that, then yeah. it should happen. Then the central database, okay, the one statistics, right? Mm. Link this data to the National Bureau of Statistics. And we have something. I don't know. Maybe I'm looking at it from a layman's perspective. So basically, we already have this thing. It already exists. We already have it. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so why do we need to just making it digital, yeah? And so the way I'm looking at it, the way I'm looking at the way it should work is that it should work the way the same way um, the US SM how that works. Like when you like get that birth and everything, and how c- I think Kenya is planning to do that. Um, I think they are yeah. what they call it so that Mumba card. Yeah, so that is how it should work, so that you don't have to like start doing all of these multiple registrations. You just get it at birth. 
if you want to do anything that has to do with the government or you want to do anything that you need a registration number that shows that you're a citizen of Nigeria, you just bring out the number and mm. move on. Mm. Yeah, simple as that. So, yeah, let's, let's. Oh, I, I mean, China really, I think they really hacked this and which is why a platform like WeChat, I think, is able to work so, so effectively. A super app that everything is connected, your finances, your chatting, your shopping, almost everything in one place, right? But Africa has been toying with super apps for the better part of the last decade, like half of the last decade since super app became a thing. Ope, we thought they were going to be a super app at some point, but yes. apparently that wasn't the case. Uh, Gokada too, they were talking about super apps. So, but we now have another company, Gozem, and they've made a major acquisition, Chimuzimafa. Okay, so Gozem has um, completed the acquisition of Monix. Monix is a fintech startup that <coughs> provides mobile money services currently. And I think from inception, Gozem has always had this vision, um, I think about two years or so after they launched, to be a super app. So the focus is on um, Francophone Africa. So if you're a Nigerian, you may not know them, except you watch the tech space very well. But they've always been working on that. And now they've acquired um, Onyx. And the idea is that they they already offer transportation services, logistics um, on the on the Gozem app. Now Monix is going to help them build out a fintech um, vertical, basically. So why is it interesting? First of all, it's another undisclosed um, it's another undisclosed acquisition. acquisition. Um, we need to start hearing how much these acquisitions are worth. Um, secondly, is what does this super app for Africa like? What is your hope as a super app? Me? No. Okay. <laughs> what is it? What is it? Because <laughs> I don't have any. <laughs> what is the hope for a super app in in Africa? So, like you mentioned earlier, we've had we've had a lot of people have a go at it, and for. So for people who don't know, super app is just like the name says, super app and everything app and everything app, kind of something like uh, what our guy wants to do with X. Start so Elon. You can do your finances, logistics, food, uh, um, ev- almost everything you want to do on that app. And typically, they start out with one service. Maybe in in Asia, we've seen the likes of Gojek and Grab start out with logistics and. You now start using those first customers to get other people too. Now in Africa, the idea was we have low. Um, we, are, we 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 use smartphones, right? We are a mobile first continent, but they are often low end, so you don't have a lot of space. If you remember the days when you had to struggle with like one gig of RAM, um, you had to delete some apps in order for some apps to be uh, to be on your phone. So the idea was okay. Let's give these guys one app to do them all. So you don't have to download several apps in that. But so far, that hasn't really worked, right? Um, Gozem still has about 160-something thousand users, which begs the question, is there a hoop for a super app in Africa? Right? No. Okay, <laughs> Bolu, why? I'm going to start with what I think about a super app. And Okay, f- so this is... I don't really see the need for a super app. So, I mean, Tungazin was saying something about, you know, um, low-end smartphones and how you... Well, I think 
I mean, you agree with me that smartphone getting a good smartphone for reasonable price has gotten really good over the years, right? Mm. I mean, you see spec sheets and you see price, you be like, how now, right? Wait, like how? Like what kind of money is this, or what kind no, of spec how? Is like this? how do you provide all these things and all the phone amount. is so cheap? Okay, yeah, I used to say that before. I this mean, administration. <laughs> sure. I get I what mean, you're saying. The, 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 there's always this. They do their magumago somewhere, but at least they will give you the. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. Objectively, the phones are yes. affordable, but yeah. when it comes to Nigeria, I'm talking of inflation and. Dollar. Oh yes, yes, yeah. yeah. I mean, I understand that, but I mean, our ITEL and they still help us. Yeah, yeah, they still help. So the thing is, one, do you really need a superb? Why do I need to be able to? Buy food on Twitter, send money on Twitter. I'm good with closing Twitter and going to <laughs> to my bank app, right? So, and the second thing is, will a super app work? Because look at the countries where it has worked for you, somewhere like China, right? And then compare it to a country like the US, right? Where capitalism is, I would say capitalism there is stronger in the US than say China for any example. everywhere else in yes. the world. Yes. So where does because I mean does that I mean everybody will start building super apps. Right. So now Ope is a super app. Is a super everybody app. now starts so I mean let's people focus on those, you know, um those sectors and let's people now go for the one that they think serves them well. I do the idea of a super app is just something I think. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It, does it, no, it really doesn't really make sense objectively for any. I do. I, if wherever I am in the world, I wouldn't use a super app. It means I can't even shut down and focus on a few apps. I have to open your super app to do anything else I want to do, even though I don't want to chat, for instance. Unless you want to create, having us. It also means if that app, anything happens to that app, uh, I lose my password. I lo- just imagine the... Use your social media too. Yeah, yeah losing crazy. everything. So then you now come to Africa. I mean, why are you wasting your time with a super app? I'm sorry. You, there might be something they are seeing that I'm not seeing. But doing a super app in Africa, uh, it, makes, it makes a case when you are pitching to investors. You want to show numbers. You want to show transaction figures. So having a super app, you are seeing there's transaction happening in the logistics side, there's transaction happening in the fintech side, transaction happening on another vertical that you choose to incorporate into the app. But apart from that, the are just I don't know. <laughs> I think I think my own issue is where they choose to focus on, and I'm not saying this as an indictment on Francophone Africa or anything. Well, how is smartphone penetration there one? How is the internet there too? Because those are the biggest things. Those are the biggest barriers that I see to people actually using the apps. You said they have one hundred and thousand, one hundred and sixty something. And they are in how many countries? I think twelve. Is it just four? You are in four Francophone African countries, and you just have one hundred and something thousand users. Um, well, I mean, considering the population of those. You are probably looking at it from a Nigerian. I'm not even looking at it from a Nigerian. I'm looking at okay, yeah, in Francophone Africa, mm. there are several Francophone African countries. Okay. Yeah, in Togo, 
Yeah, so in, in four countries. Yeah, in um, mm. which one? That one? Togo, um, Cameroon, um, Gabon, and um, Benin. Benin Republic. Yeah. Okay. How many people are in Cameroon? Um, I don't have the I don't have those numbers off the so top of my head, but an average of five to seven million people in each of these countries. And then we are talking about Africa, and then you now have to now minus the um amount of people you that actually have access to internet. Do you know what I'm saying? The whole smartphone and internet True. thing. I get your point. Do you know Wave? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have six million users in Francophone Africa. Good. So it's not exactly about the region. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> probably about <laughs> the business model. I think I get what people are saying um, because these objections will probably play in the minds of anyone. But then the the usual idea or usual justification for a, for what you call it, the super app has always hinged on um, ease. Has always been the just ease one and linked to the kind of smartphones people have. So the question now becomes um, if smartphones either become less expensive or more affordable or people start making more money then what happens to the need for a smartphone sorry for a super app and this was also built on the gojek and grab playbook they saw how those guys skilled i think i can remember but gojek and grab had like over a million users just um in a few years they were able to run guys like uber out of their countries right and that was one of the one of the reasons because now you you're able to like compete on almost multiple fronts. Although to be fair, some of them too had to start shedding some of the divisions that they had put up um, in order to get those people. So yes, those are all valid um, valid arguments against a super app in Africa, and again with one sixty thousand people or that after after about six or seven years then maybe you should be asking yourself, do I focus on just one um, business as opposed to all of that? If you look at the likes of Save Border, Save Border had super up ambitions. Um, we can't exactly say they have had any success. I think there's Yasser in Egypt, or no, Algeria, and um, MNT Halan in Egypt. They all had super up ambitions, varying degrees of success. So... And Maybe Africa is just not the place. Add for features you. if you want to add, but don't don't call yourself a super app. I mean, that's See, the moment you don't even need to call yourself. If you add those features, you become features, a super app. Really, once the features become too much, because, I mean, you have overwhelming the user. Of it's the like um, Binance. I don't know if you use the uh, the um, because they have that which was what actually made them create two types of apps. Right within that that one app, once you download it, you can move to professional. You can just do the um, light the Binance Light, which has limited features, but the light one is really simple. Really, but is it that professional? So many. Fi- I don't know who the <laughs> developers or the designers are, but I'm sure they have they, they have sleepless nights every day. <laughs> There's so much on the. B- I mean, ask anybody. So don't you get overwhelmed? I get over ninety. Percent of the times, I'm only doing two things <laughs> on this app, and there's like 300 things. So, <laughs> if I'm thinking about Gojek and Grab, I think they do one thing or two things really, really, really well that makes people gravitate towards them. That's what they usually start out with. Then, enough side, you know, these other features, yes, those features get you. They probably won't get as much adoption as that core feature, for instance. Mm-hmm. I use 
let's say I use Uber a lot, for instance, mm-hmm. and Uber starts bringing all those scenarios into my face. I probably won't use them as much. I could try it, but I won't use it as much. So there are apps on my phone that I only use when I want to load their time. There are apps on my phone that I only use when I want to transfer money. There are apps that I only use when I'm collecting my salary. After salary, I just move it out. So that's those are if the no matter what features my that my salary account guy adds, I'm not I'm not doing right. If I want to take a loan, I'm not taking loan from you. I'm taking from someone else. <laughs> so those are the uh, concerns I have, right? So I need to be able to have options. So if all of you want to start building super app, okay, oh yeah, build. Let me know which one. I will <laughs> use the fintech here. I will use the logistics here. I will use the ride link. It's, it's as simple as that. So. It does do one thing really well, and uh, yeah, and if you're adding, they're acquiring a fintech company. That's yeah. a whole lot. That's a whole lot that they're adding to their mix. Uh, let's let's even take interest switch. They're not they're not new to the game by any means, and they were like Africa's first confirmed unicorn. They launched they lost thirty billion naira in chargeback fraud. For those who don't know, interest switch is the company behind Verve cards. So, yeah, I think that explains a lot of things. Plus, they are the company behind Quick Teller. So, yeah, I think you can put two and two together to see that, yeah, a lot of things are going on. And we've had uh, fraud cases with Flutterwave. We've had fraud cases with Fidelity Bank, Access Bank, a bunch of them. Okay, so let me just move on. So, remember, what is the story? Rwandan Rwanda. Parliament wants to end public Wi-Fi fees. So, they pay for public Wi-Fi before. Yeah, apparently they said. Um, the, uh, the, uh, the story is that the the government and some telcos did an initiative where there was supposed to be free Wi-Fi on public buses, but users or subscribers to the pos- public buses would pay for it. That was in twenty fifteen, but the project failed in twenty sixteen. Since that twenty sixteen, the subscribers have still been paying for the free Wi-Fi that they are not using. So someone in the parliament is like, they are not using this yeah. thing, it's not working, so let us stop paying for it. Sorry, my head is paining me. Free, free Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi that they are not Wi-Fi using. It's public Wi-Fi on public buses. It is not free Wi-Fi. Free Wi-Fi that they are not using. I mean, Wi-Fi, <laughs> Wi-Fi on public buses really works anyway. So I, 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 I saw a... Well, I'm sure it's a bus, sure. yeah. not, not a regular yeah, taxi. Yeah. yeah, apparently the design for the routers was flawed because the routers were made for office use, not rooms. <laughs> so... The heat, the dust, the you know wear and tear of the buses, but the ra- the router. I mean, the first thing is to go and carry that person that decided to use office router inside bus. <laughs> I mean, they should have just bought MTM Wi-Fi. What's your issue? Just buy MTM Wi-Fi and hang it. Use cell tape and put it up. Uh, Next time, bus Wi-Fi on reality buses. Yeah, yeah. Not anymore. It still works. Partially. On some days it works. On the main days. BRT or the small one? No, the bigger oh, ones. The bigger ones. It should be it's nice on the small one too. Oh, AC. That was anything AC in public transit doesn't last. So guys, don't forget. Friday tomorrow is Pitch Friday. So yes. come and pitch your startup. Do you have a message for them? Anything special for them? Well, okay, so um we have like a few VC analysts that will come around. To kind of give their um, give professional um, opinions on the the pitches. So investment analysts. Yeah. Some some of us don't know what VC is. Oh, okay. Investment analysts. 
Basically, they work with VCs. Okay, what is VC? Venture capital. Okay. If you have been watching this podcast, you don't know it, man. I don't know what you are doing. What if it's what is the person just stumbled on it? First time. Okay. Okay. Fine. Okay. But yeah. they will not give you money. You don't come there and be asking them to invest in you. Nobody is doing that one now. Yeah, but you can shoot your shots regardless. Don't yeah. don't, don't let you lose in space. If you also you. want to work in, if you want to transition to VC, um, I guess you can come, ask questions. Like you have to ah. ask them. Ah, this is very important information. Did you post it on your article? Um, no, because that's yeah. not like the focus. That's not the focus. Yeah, so. but. Um, I'm okay. just thinking about it now. You could get um, professional advice from someone who already works in this space on how to break in. So, oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Let me go and tell founders how to do their thing, even though I've not. Okay. So, next week is episode 200 of the Tech Point Africa podcast. And Oops. yeah, we're going to, like, we're trying to commemorate the occasion. And uh, I think. Rice. Hmm? Maybe hmm. rice. You eat on the podcast. We invited, so the thing is, we invited, (laughs) (laughs) we invited one of our most engaged uh, listeners or watchers to come on the podcast. Has has the person responded? No. No, so the person has not responded. So we're opening it up to any one of you listening or watching this. Just send us a DM on Twitter or anywhere else you can. Just just send the DM to the Tech Point Africa account. Or Instagram. Or Instagram. No, there's no WhatsApp, please. Or you could just leave a comment and we could drop the link to our Instagram or Twitter account on YouTube there. So, But you can just look for us and tell us, oh, you'd like to be part of us. So you're going to join us on the studio on that day and have a conversation and we'll have fun. And Bring yeah. rice. Why, why do you keep mentioning <laughs> rice? We are in Lagos, so you have to be in Lagos. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, please. You have to be in Lagos. Ah. This studio is Lagos-based. You have the means of getting here early. And, um, yeah, if you have a PG... So you have uh-huh. to be in Lagos. <laughs> <laughs> we are our studios in Keja, the very, very, very hot, the industrial, not industrial, sorry, the administrative capital of Lagos. That's where we are. So please, after episode two hundred, Tech Point Africa podcast is most likely going to have changes. Things are going to be shaking up a bit. It might not take this regular format. You're saying it might not also take this long that you, that it normally takes. But we might be coming to your audio devices and your video devices more frequently. And we currently are so yeah just stay tuned a lot of things planned and uh see you in the next one of course in the meantime you know where to find us for our audio listeners yes right? yes they can always find us on google podcast apple podcast spotify hiat radio or anywhere else you get your podcast apparently google podcast no longer exists that's till next year now. So next year yeah mm. it's still next year or till december can't remember. December, okay. So, but of course, Google well, Podcasts yeah. will soon be part of YouTube Music. So, you guys have fun. All right, bye bye. See you guys Super. next one. Yeah, bye.